One time I ate a legal pop brownie when Model UN went to Amsterdam. And as soon as I got high, I just cried about the fact that one day my mom will die. So. I had the exact same thing. Really? I lost my virginity in what I thought was a park, but it turned out to be a graveyard, and now the ghost spirits live inside my eggs, waiting to be reborn. It's not at all the same. I always felt like we were similar. God, I want to miss you. Come here. Hey, you can't smoke up here. Oh, what'd you just say to her? I said to you, you can't uh, smoke. Uh, um, uh, you do not speak to her that way. Is it her, Mika? Because I'm fine. That is my best friend in the fucking world. We're not. She's, she's not. We'll fucking fight you. To the death! Oh! Okay, I'm calling security. Baby, we oh, need to get the fuck God. out of here because I... Light him up, Luann! Um, it's go time! There's only one thing left to do. Jump. No, yep, wait, I, what? Yep, no, 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 thank you. No, what are you guys doing up here? One time into the future! Let's escape! No! No, no, no. Ginge? Ginge? Ginge, you okay? He's okay. Fail, fail, fail. Hey everybody, welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. We are here with a comedy this go-round. Uh, comedy drama, I would say. Uh, definitely starts out as a comedy and then leans pretty hard into drama by the end, uh, doing both very, very well. And uh, we're looking at Booksmart, a very recent movie from 2019, Booksmart. A lot more recent than most of the things we've done. We have done a couple things from like 2018 that were kind of low-level, not all that well-known. The particular reason that I picked Booksmart was this was one that really kind of came and went and I would argue didn't get its due. It, uh, you know, could have easily been a very big hit and it wasn't. And so we will talk about that. But yeah, it, it just seemed like one that kind of didn't get the credit it deserved, in my opinion. And I think at least numerous people on the panel uh, opinion, most likely. So Booksmart is by Olivia Wilde, uh, the actress, and this is her first film as director. It is written by, there's uh, four women who wrote the script. Two of them had written the script, I think it was around like 10 years ago. It was on the like Hollywood blacklist. And then the other women came in and worked on some drafts and added some elements and changed some things. So it was Sarah Haskins and Emily Halpern, both of whom created Trophy Wife. And Emily Halpern also worked on a number of TV shows. And then Susanna Fogel, who wrote The Spy Who Dumped Me and worked on numerous TV shows. And Katie Silberman, who wrote Isn't It Romantic with Rebel Wilson. Um, they came on and uh, worked on the script as well. And all these women done other credits. I was just like pulling out the, the most prominent ones. And it has... A cast, uh, I mean, there's definitely some notable people in the cast, but they aren't in the biggest roles. It's, it's focusing on a cast of like 20-somethings playing high schoolers. It's the last basically two days of high school or the last day of high school and then the day following. And so you have Beanie Feldstein, who plays Molly Davidson. She's like the co-lead. Caitlin Deaver plays Amy Ansler, and they're best friends, and we're focused on them throughout the movie. And then some of the kind of like comedic heavy hitters that show up in supporting roles, Lisa Kudrow, Will Forte, Jason Sudeikis, and then Billy Lord uh, has a significant part, uh, who is Carrie Fisher's daughter. She's been in the recent Star Wars movies. She has a significant part as Gigi and arguably steals the show. And then there are a variety of other 20-somethings that uh, I'm sure have been in other things, and some of the people on the panel might know more about them. So, 
that's the crux of Booksmart. It's focusing on these two teen girls, last day of school, wanting to kind of have one last uh, bash, or rather their first uh, in high school, and uh, then kind of shenanigans ensue from there. So our panel is all returning people, and we have Jess coming in. Hi. We've got Jack coming back. Hello. And we've got Fabs, who's on Revenge of the 90s and has guested on here for us as well. hey yo. Yeah, other, maybe some background stuff I can say before I open the floor. Uh, Wild cited The Breakfast Club, Fast Times Ridge about High, Days and Confused, and Clueless all as inspirations for the film. And it was also produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay's production company, like kind of a spinoff of it. And Olivia Wilde got the two leads to live together for 10 weeks to help them like for, I mean, I think with, with the girls, uh, you know, uh, consent, um, they live together <laughs> and Olivia Wilde just like imprisoned them in a room. Uh, but yeah, they live together for 10 weeks so that they would form a bond and be more believable as friends. And I think that that succeeded like gangbusters. I think it very much shines through in their relationships um, but everyone in the young cast in here, I think they all play very realistic and believable um, young characters, even though some of them are definitely caricatures. They're, they're, they're heightened for comedy, but uh, I think they are still believable. All right. So what do we make of Booksmart? Well, all right. I'll go first because I think I might be the least enthusiastic, not to say that I'm not enthusiastic. Uh, but, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I did come into it with kind of a frowny face because I'd seen all the promotions for this and I was like, oh, I'm not going to watch that. That doesn't look good to me. Um, because I was, I was very much a nerdy person in high school. Uh, I mean, I'm still a nerdy person. I'm just not in high school anymore. Uh, and it's like, I was very, very uncool. I like cannot expressed to you how uncool I was in high school. Um, that also has not changed, but that's fine. So anyway, this was very much like, uh, to me, the way it was advertised was very, ah, uh, uncool girls, like going to the cool parties and they're having one last hurrah. It's like, I didn't really party in high school. And I'm like, I don't get the point. This looks stupid. This looks eh, just another one of those like high school. We have to party to have meaning in our lives type of movie. And it was not that. It really wasn't. It was a lot better than that, a lot deeper than that, a lot more heart. Really funny, of course. Uh, I say of course now. Going in, I really was unsure. Although, I mean, Jess gave it glowing reviews. Jess threatened to fight me if uh, if I didn't <laughs> like it, so there was a little bit of pressure. I think I said Jess would fight you. I don't think Jess offered that <laughs> and, up. Okay, no, she didn't, yeah. but then she did agree with you. She's like, oh, yeah, 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 but if you don't like it, I'll fight you for sure. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it was, it was very funny, very enjoyable. Uh, I was delighted by how, and I know this is like a bad word to some people, but how feminist it was. I mean, it's very, it's like body positive, LGBT positive. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that pop up. It's just like all of those things. It's like super all about that. It was really cool. It was refreshing. It was like almost wholesome in a way, even though it dealt with like, 
taking drugs and underage alcohol consumption and whoops are we gonna have sex as high schoolers like a lot of that stuff and it's like still somehow quite wholesome it was very it was good <laughs> yeah i mean nothing i like more than a a movie that takes place in one night i i if you i don't even care what the premise is if it takes place in a day i'm all in um and even outside the genre like the movie clue it's on it's in one night i love that kind of stuff um, I love a coming-of-age movie. I love a high school party movie. I love – like, Days and Confused is one of my favorite movies. Um, this was like – so this is the second time I watched it. I, I remember liking it the first time. I'm really glad Linton had me come on so I could rewatch it. This movie is, like, on par with, like, Days and Confused, in my opinion. Um, I – I love I know you Jack that's a great point. It's like it is a very wholesome movie. I like that there's not a like asshole villain who yeah. they're, they're going against, you know, like everybody cuz my wife was like watching it with me and I was like this reminds me of like my high school experience, not the party cuz I like was <laughs> so scared of getting in trouble. I waited till college to uh do that and Jess was there for most of that. Um, and then you became a wild So like I I yeah, did we all went to college person. together. Yeah, we all went to college that. together. Yeah. Ah, um, nice. <laughs> but, like, I related so much to this movie, like, the high school experience. Like, I was in with, like, the theater kids. Theater was a big part of my high school experience. Um, I went to a high school. I mean, there there were kids who were totally dickheads and jerks. But for the most part, it wasn't, like, the standard trope. So I think I'm, like, I had a very lucky high school experience where, like, I played men's volleyball and like the captain of the football team was on the volleyball team with me and he also did theater. I did AV club and like two kids who were in AV club were like captains on the soccer team. So it was like a very weird mishmash high school experience. Um, So that's what I liked so much about this movie um, that it allowed the different groups of people to all be at the same party and not have it be a thing. Like the moment they show up at the last party, everyone's like, oh my gosh, we finally got you to come out to the party. It wasn't like, you're a nerd. You don't belong <laughs> yeah, here, nerd. Totally. And like, I freaking love female empowerment and how like they were hype women for each other from the very get go when they're like so break cute. dancing at the car. I was just, my wife was like, wait, what is this? And she just like sat, like she was going to read a book and then she just sat there the entire time and watched it and like fell in love with them. So I, I, I love this movie so much. Yeah, I feel the same way. And um, same with my high school. Like, you know, there weren't those like cliques that you see in like Mean Girls and Clueless where it's just like all these different subsects of the grade or whatever. We all just kind of like hung out. And I think I really enjoyed that aspect of it, of like everyone's cool with each other. And probably especially since it's their last two days of school, just let's be cool. (laughs) Um, And like Amy and Molly are only like outcasts by their own design like it's their choice and I kind of had like that in high school too because I did not party in high school and like over the summer I started going to parties and people would be like oh my god you're here what what's going on and like (laughs) and it was just kind of like oh okay cool like I just did that to myself like I could have like hung out with all of you so yeah I, I love this movie too and I just think it's so unique and special and just really great. 
Yeah, for myself, this is the second time I've watched it. I kind of fell in love with it in the original time, and I mean, watching it again didn't diminish that at all. Like, I I wasn't kind of, like, suspicious of it, as I think, Jack, you were. Like, are you just kind of like, I don't don't know if this is going to be any good. I just remember, you know, I saw trailers for it. It was something that registered as like, oh, okay, that thing. But it didn't, it wasn't. I mean, I remember when it came out and I think a lot of other stuff was coming out at the time or it, well, it came out like in May. Um, and I think it's one that I didn't go in the theater because I just like will prioritize of like, oh, I definitely want to go see this in two weeks or I want to see that or whatever. And so certain things are just kind of like, oh, I'm not going to spend the money. And so I know I didn't see it um, kind of for that, but it was on my radar and I ended up watching it once it hit DVD. And uh yeah, I was blown away by how good it was because my expectation was I thought it was yeah. going to be like I, I, I'll watch a lot of comedies if the premise looks even somewhat interesting. And like because, you know, you you never know, like they could they could hit super well or it could just be like, ah, eh, whatever. Like there was one recently with like a few years ago where like Charlie Day played like a high school teacher who he like gets into a fight. It gets into oh. a fight with. <laughs> With, with Ice, Ice Cube, Cube and I was like, yeah. all right, that's kind of a fun premise that's and Charlie right. Day's great. And so like I watched that one, but it ended up being like, eh, there's a reason this was not a big deal. Or the that tag movie um had a fantastic cast yeah. and like had some fun bits, but at the end of the day was like, eh, I never need to watch it again. So Book Smart was sort of like that. And super dark at the end of it. <laughs> uh spoilers. Haven't seen it. Really holding on to tag, really saving that one in my pocket. That's all I'll say. Very dark. Very so, yeah, Booksmart for me was kind of like that, where it's just like, oh, I'll give it a shot. And I was definitely enjoying it. I was probably like half an hour in or maybe halfway through the movie. And I'm like, because there's, there's always kind of a point where I'm like, oh, wow, this is actually really good. Like, you know, you're enjoying it, but you don't know if it's going to keep the steam it's going. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it crossed that Rubicon and kept being good. And then in the last half hour or so it takes some like serious dramatic turns that we'll talk about and like and there had been some dramatic threads prior to that but uh i'll I'll save it till we get to that point but i I think it functions in a really interesting way but yeah so then like the last 30 minutes or so really start to hit you emotionally but you've already kind of fallen in love Mm -hmm. with these characters through the comedic sensibilities and through the writing and fabs i think you were saying your wife you know, was just like all in on the two girls. And I agree. I mean, I think they're just fantastic from the word go. And you're just with them the whole way. Like they make them. Yeah. And after, after you said the, the trivia about them staying together for 10 weeks, like that makes that, that makes so much sense. Like that I, either they're like the greatest actors in the world, or they were actually able to form a bond and they are really great actors, but I, Oh my God, they are just like, they were so good, like so good together. To the point where I'm like, I wonder if a lot of the moments that they had, just the two of them were like things that they came to Olivia with of like, we do this bit now, like where we get each other up and they're (laughs) like, excuse me, who gave you the right to like, (laughs) you know, which is like, I wonder if that's something they started doing together and then just like brought it I didn't dig too extensively into that, but I did see, yeah, Olivia Wilde made mention of something, some little thing that they do when they're like supporting each other and they were saying something, there was some term they kept using, um, or like, I can't breathe or something like that, uh, 
Uh, somebody get me an inhaler. Yeah, I, I can't breathe. I You've taken my breath thing away. Was like a real thing <laughs> that they developed in their pseudo friendship <laughs> or virginity friendship, <laughs> and so I think that that brought in. And then I did see that for the entire cast, not just the two leads, but for the entire cast, Olivia Wilde told all of them, "Read your dialogue. If you think anything sounds inauthentic, I want you to rework it and to like." do it how you think you slash your character would say it. So, so the, the script of the movie is, that's an incredible yeah, the script of the movie is fantastic. Yeah. And the dialogue is great, but some of that dialogue is you have 20 somethings, you know, the movie's being written by, you know, women, I think, you know, in their thirties or forties, and then you have 20 somethings reading the dialogue. And so they weren't saying now read it verbatim. They were saying like, well, no, you're a little closer <laughs> right, to this right. world. So if you think any of this sounds a little off, um, you know, play with it. And so, I think that's what happened with, I mean, there are characters who definitely are heightened to a cartoonish degree at times, but it is a comedy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I feel like the bulk so of the dialogue is, uh, is very authentic. But yeah, so for me, it's, um, I'll just wrap up and we can move on to whatever uh, next topic we want to go to. But, but yeah, for me, it's great. And Fabs, you likened it to Days and Confused with like the, taking place in like one day kind of thing. I've never seen Dazed and Confused. <laughs> I've never seen Almost Famous. I've oh never my... seen Fast Jack. Times at Ridgemont High. I Wait, know. We can Listen, all yell at Jack. That's what I'm Jack. saying. These like high school party movies are not Jack my jam. Off of the <laughs> it's not my thing. Um, but anyway, I... Uh... <laughs> or Superbad. I've never seen Superbad. Jack did introduce me to Seven, so I do want to be... I am grateful to her <laughs> for that. You're welcome. But my yeah. uh, my comment is uh, on like that I had written down was like I think it's like a John Hughes level classic. Like I think it feels mm. I think it's as good as Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller or any of Hughes other you know high school movies. I think it feels as real. I think it's as funny or funnier. I think it's as emotional. And that's kind of what I walked away with the first time I watched it was it was just like holy shit like that it just that's what it felt like to me and, I, and it still feels and that's it's one of the reasons i want to have it on because this is a movie that was just kind of a blip it came and went and i do think it has the potential to be like a long-term classic like could be reevaluated easily um oh, you know great. i don't know when that would happen but uh for the time period uh, for the time being it's you know kind of still like not super well known all right so what else do we want to dig into should we should we just start talking about Gigi now? Sure. Is now the Gigi <laughs> for, time for two hours? The two Gigi hours of Gigi time? talk. Is it, is it time for Gigi? I did, I did want to say like I loved how they played. So so you have these these two uh, two best friends, Molly and Amy. Um, like Linton mentioned, it was it's you know the day before graduation. Everyone's completely checked out, and Molly is you know she's the student class president. Uh, she's she resents. Like, she has this preconceived notion, and I definitely had this in high school, where it's like, I tried really hard. Like, all these other people who were at parties with alcohol, none of them tried hard. <laughs> that means none of them could be smart. And it's like, it was like obviously totally wrong. But so she has these assumptions about everybody in the school. And there's the inciting incident is she's in, uh, they've gotten the bathrooms to be gender neutral, which. Tremendous little touch. Uh, I just say the quote right before that because I laughed so hard. Uh, it's Molly and what's the other girl's Amy. name? Amy. Amy. Yeah. So uh, Amy, Amy's character, Molly's character is very much uh, like a Leslie Nope. She's very much like yes. I'm going to be the first woman president of the United States. She has this whole plan and everything. 
uh, whereas Amy is more of a um, like a activist. social ju- yeah social yeah justice social warrior. justice activist. And so uh, Molly says, "All right, I'm going to go use your weird bathroom, watch my stuff." And Amy yells out after her, until all of us could pee without genitals. None of us can. Yes, <laughs> so good, <laughs> so it's good, awesome. it's so good. Well, and so like, anyway, so, go on. Okay, so like, what's great about this scene too? And this is where I, you know, it was the thing I forgot when we had talked about in the opening. It's like a very body positivity movie, which yes. is really I really appreciate. So like, so some good. kids are shit talking uh, Molly. But they're not shit talking. They're like talking. Their only gripe with her is her personality. Yeah, that she's Mo- on I this. I just want to say, yeah, yeah, the actress is what one would call traditionally overweight. Like she's not, she's not like a tiny little person. She's you know, yeah. little, little chubbier like myself. So I relate. And then yeah, they're not dunking on her weight at all. They're in fact like. Yeah, he's oh, like, I, I would, do her in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would bang her, but her personality sucks. I'd put a bag yeah, over her personality. So good. It's, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> and then she has this epic moment where she just dresses them down for all being like burner or stoners, burnouts. And then, but the whole thing that's already been set up is no one's allowed. Because in high school, I think in that, like the program, everybody's uh, college they're going to is in that. So you know where everyone's going. The rule at this high school is no one they, knows they where everybody's going. So they no one feels embarrassed. Decided that. Uh, the, we were told that. Right. Right. Yeah. And so she just assumes like, oh, I have this great plan. I'm going to Yale. Yeah, you heard it. Yale. And then they all are like, oh, well, like, we're not the losers you think we are. Like, I got 1560 on my SAT. And so then now Molly realizes... Oh my God! What has this all been for? And she loses her fucking mind, running through the halls, screaming at people. Where the fuck did you go to? Like, where are you going to school? And my wife lost her mind. She like was losing it so hard. And this her her dumb v her dumb in quotes VP who was like the popular guy who got on the ballot. He's going to Georgetown to play soccer. Like, and so everything she's worked for is like she she is now she hasn't done anything fun. Because she's been so focused on this with her life plan. And it's good to have a life plan, but that kicks it off. So I thought that was such a good, like, oh, yeah. smart kickoff for the movie. Oh, yeah. Because well, and, now you're all in other, on it. Other people, I'll let you guys talk. Other people are going yeah, to Harvard whole... and Yale, and I think Stanford is mentioned. And then somebody is going yeah, to, Stanford. like, work yeah. straight. They're, like, they've been recruited to work for Google. I... I, by Google. But he's like, I didn't get into college. I, I'm working at Google for mid I actually have a problem with that setup. I'm cool with it being Molly's world is caving in on itself. And it's great because it propels the plot, like you're saying, as an inciting incident. Because, yeah, the setup is she and her friend uh, Amy have like been doing everything right. And they've been, you know, just working on schoolwork, you know, book, hence book smart. Um, whereas other people have been partying, having sex, doing drugs and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, still doing well as one girl puts it or well, Molly says to one girl in the bathroom, but you don't care about school. And the girl goes, no, we don't just care about school, which is a very cutting line yeah. and really great comeback. But mm-hmm. my issue yeah. with it, I mean, this is minor because I love the movie and it doesn't ruin anything, but I feel like the whole thing of, we don't tell you nobody says where you're going to college is like a plot contrivance because for me, Oh, for sure. The argument I'm going to make is if you go to a high school where people regularly go to Harvard, Yale, Stanford, getting recruited to Google, no one from my high school, like you have to like one, be smart enough and to have the money to go to those places. 
you know if you're graduating classes, like maybe not this graduating class, but you know, oh yeah, people regularly go to Yale from here. People regularly go to Harvard. And she's just like flabbergasted. And the fact that it's not just one person she dislikes is going to Yale. It's like the entire class is going somewhere elite. So it's, it just seemed very like false if you are not living in the L.A. bubble, I guess. Um, like, it, it, I don't think it's representative of all high school, but number one. But number two, I think for her character, I don't buy that she wouldn't be aware that people are going to these elite colleges. I I buy it. And it actually does seem like something that a high school would do out of like that like safe learning environment, nobody bragging type of thing. Well, no, I they, can see they that chose, totally happening. Chose it. I, 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 yeah. Sure. Right. And I, be, I believe that that's believable. I get your point though, about like, how could she not know? Like if this is a common thing, but at the same time, I think that does work for her because she doesn't sure. care about them except for lording herself over them. Like she wouldn't be paying attention to them. She wouldn't be thinking about it. Um, so again, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's, it's great. Minor, it's minor, just a <laughs> minor contrivance. Well, I found it interesting as an LA person, like living in LA now. I LA. was amazed how many people going to East Coast schools and paying <laughs> that out of state tuition because shit, like Harvard <laughs> and Yale going. Like I, I would have been. It would made more sense if it was more going to to Stanford and like the you know the elite West Coast schools. Uh, but you know, I mean, those are that's a very minor thing. Like those are the cream of the crop, you know. I do want to point out something about this whole the fact that she finds out that all of her classmates we shouldn't say all, just many of the classmates mm. she disdains are going to really elite schools. Uh, that is the beginning of this whole movie just kind of flipping tropes on its head. Like it just does that the whole movie. Yeah, it's like every single scene is like, oh, you think this is what's going to happen because you've seen a high school movie before, but nope, we're going to do it this way, which I <laughs> loved. It was so good in that regard. That was really refreshing, and that I think is also what's nice about this movie. We talked about it being wholesome, but it's also, I mean, it's different. It's new. It's fresh, even though it's set in that same tired like high school graduating. Everything's different, uh, but. <laughs> It's it manages to do something new with that, which is great. And early on, you get a sense of how they're going to use music in the movie. Oh yeah! Oh, the music is so the good. Like the mu- not only amazing. is the music good, but just like what they choose to do with the music. Yes. And just the I mean, we're all theater people here. The La La Land references, <laughs> just like the artistic mediums that Olivia Wilde chose as the director. Yeah. The drug sequence, the claymation, like which we'll get. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about that. I'm with you except for that. I'm pretty sure Linton specifically Jack, Jack asked me to be on puppets. this. I didn't even remember oh, that. You don't like Jack, Jack oh my god. Don't like terrified it. Of puppets. We have the, Terrified's we have, not the word. I, I don't like them. I think them. it's clear. I think I think it's I would out. fight them. I need to get your address to send you a box of intro quest. No. So there's there's a moment in the movie where the girls take uh I don't it's never really given a name because the the one kind of loopy girl Gigi Ayahuasca, yeah. But she says it's like that. So she doesn't say what what it actually is, but something like ayahuasca and um so there there's like a extended drug sequence um, you know, where they're out of their heads and they are in like a little girl's bedroom because they're like at some classmates house and you know they they're just trying to who es- has a little sister. yeah who has a little sister they're trying to escape the party and they end up visualizing themselves essentially as like barbie dolls and then having this sort of like 
adventure as little miniature Barbie dolls that's all done through stop motion. And then eventually, you know, the, the drug wears off and they're fine. So it's just this like little sequence. I genuinely didn't even remember it was in the movie. But yeah, Jack just uh, cannot stand anytime something Almost, comes to life in a film. I hate it. Almost every episode I've been on. Like he just keeps sneaking them to me. It must be subconscious. Hey, elves, elves didn't have any puppets coming alive. You should be thankful. Yes, it did. What do you think elves, the elf was? All right. I mean, but that was like a pup. That was a puppet prop. Whatever. <laughs> elves was terrible for different reasons. Let's not talk about that. We already did that. Uh, but yeah, back to the music. Yeah, you're right, Fabs. Uh, I think the music's fantastic. I was looking it up last night, actually, uh, to see. It is on vinyl, but what sucks is they only did like a single like a single disc for the vinyl. So it cuts out a lot of the songs and a lot of the really good songs. But yeah, there's probably yeah. like 25 to 30 songs on the soundtrack and they hit so incredibly well throughout. Like, you know, they, they work with the scene oh. and there's stuff that you probably haven't heard before. Um, but so many of them work incredibly well. And yeah, that I think you mentioned Fabs, the opening bit with the kind of dance thing. I loved it. That like that just that like that tells you everything about their friendship that like yep. you don't need to see another scene. I could just say like oh they're best friends and they're like super in sync and they have really cute bits. Like that's that yep. that right there is like great writing and I don't even know if that might have been one of the things that was like improvised, but like assuming that was just something that was written that I mean I so like I the first thing I think about, you know, uh, cuz like mid 2000s late like 2009 is when Superbad came out. And so like that was like, you know, I think every 10 years you have a movie like this that becomes that decades high school movie. Um, like Clueless was the one from the 90s or Can't Hardly Wait. American Pie at one point. American Pie, uh, Superbad. So like I like that this is the newest one because it, it's very represent, representative of the women's movement um, and like kind of the wokeness that's happened. With mm-hmm. with young people, and so um, I, I, I what and what I, what I was getting to was comparing it to Superbad, Superbad like I, it's funny, but like at the same time, I also felt like the leads were just kind of like, I don't even know if I want to be here like filming today, and they're <laughs> like they're not they weren't giving like inspired performances like it's still super funny and I still like the movie and I'll still watch it if it's on, but like. This way, like they were great actors in that. Like the two, like Molly and Amy, are just oh, really right. good. And it's super bad. They're just like, oh, like what's the grossest funny thing we can say that still makes me laugh? But like they can in this one, they still have those scenes where they're gross and funny, but it's also clever. And I just like buy this so much more than anything that happens in Super Bad. Well, speaking of sp- Super Bad, it's um... <laughs> <laughs> right. They are women are funnier. <laughs> Speaking of super bad, in case you didn't know, uh, Beanie Feldstein is Jonah Hill's sister. Mm-hmm. So that is why didn't they know. look so much alike. <laughs> once you realize, once you know that, you're like, <laughs> no oh, idea. they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is that that's kind of. Pr- that's who played Molly? Yeah. Yeah. So there is that's that. Inc- that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't no think idea. I knew that initially. I mean, I when I originally watched the movie, I was like digging into stuff. And I think I found that because, yeah, I think Jonah Hill's real last name, I think, is Feldstein. I think. Or it's or or she's a half sister. I'm not I'm not sure, but I know I know Jonah Hill changed his name to Hill um, from mm-hmm. something else. But yeah, they they are related. Um, and then Fabs, you were asking about uh, whether something was improvised. So if you haven't seen the movie, it opens basically. Uh, Amy is picking up Molly, 
and you hear this, I don't know if it's really like a rap song, but it has kind of a rap beat playing on the soundtrack. And then both the girl, uh, Molly comes out and then Amy comes out of her car and they just start dancing and it's like fun and cute and stuff. And it, the implication is, oh, they're dancing to what's playing in the car. And then the song cuts out and then it becomes clear. <laughs> oh no, that's the soundtrack that we're listening to as viewers there's no music happening and they're no just music. stupidly they're just dancing to nothing. And so what <laughs> so I, it's, it's really fun. Um, but what I read was, I mean, I read this like way back when I watched it originally, I guess when they did it on set, uh, Olivia Wilde did give them music to dance to. And then in, okay. in the editing, she took it out and did that. And so the girls were like, oh, that's really funny and fun. And like totally agreed with the decision because it made what was like, oh, cute and funny into like being really funny. Um, so yeah, yeah, like there's there's cool decisions like that going on. And, and uh, I mean, we can go wherever from here, but I did want to state because I said like John Hughes level classic, I'm incredibly impressed that Olivia Wilde did this right out of the gate. She has yeah, never directed yeah, a film real. before. I mean, maybe she's done some shorts or something. I'm not sure. But this is her first feature film. And the thing that strikes me, especially on a rewatch, is like how sure-handed it all is. Like, like there yes. are great directors who their first film, you can see some promise. You can be like, like if you've ever seen the Christopher Nolan movie Following, is like a good first film. Um, but it's not like oh my God, that's amazing. And then he comes out with Memento and you're like, oh, holy shit. Um, like, <laughs> so there are definitely directors where you can see promise in their first films, but I'd say there's fewer directors where the first one they come out with is just fantastic right away. Totally knocked it out and, of the park. And yeah, it's like, but it's so deliberate and it doesn't feel forced and it feels like she knows exactly what she wants out of the performances and out of the music and out of the scene, like the drama of the scenes and the comedy of the scenes. Like, it seems like she's directed 10 movies before this. That's what's incredibly <laughs> yeah. impressive. So good. It's a good point. It's a great point. Um, and I actually didn't know going in any of that. I just was watching it and really enjoying it. I'm like, this is really great. This person's really, the comedic timing is excellent. Like, all of this is great. I love how this is shot. And we'll get into specifically one of my favorite things later. Yeah. Um, but then I looked looked it up after. I was like, Olivia, what? What? I was just, I had no idea. I had no clue. And you never would have known. It's She did an incredible job. And why isn't she doing a bunch more movies? Please, uh, she's well, so good. She is filming a film right now, which I can't wait for, called Don't Worry, Darling. It basically is a psychological thriller about a oh. 1950s housewife oh. starring Chris Pine, Olivia, <gasps> Olivia Wilde, and Florence Pugh from Midsummer. Okay. So, that sounds incredible. All right. Yes, I would pay $1,000 to watch that right now. <laughs> yes. Especially in a theater with yeah. other people. Oh, my God, yes. Or just by myself in a theater without my kids. and just willing to pay that Mulan money to watch it in his house. $1,000. I am willing to pay that Mulan money. I really want to talk about all of... So we've talked a lot about Amy and Molly. We've talked a lot about the main characters. I want to talk about the sub-characters. I mean, obviously, I want to talk about Gigi. I've made that very clear. But literally, <laughs> one of the strengths of a good comedy is, like, basically, you put the main characters, who are very funny, in with scenes with, like, all these super memorable and incredibly funny side characters. Mm -hmm. And this did that so well. Like, every single scene. And it's like they... You don't even know it, but they're setting you up at the beginning 
And just to, like, keep knocking them down as you go through, like, almost everybody you meet in the beginning you see again. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't expect it. And it's, like, just so well woven in. Like, Jason Sudeikis, for example, is uh, the principal who is, like, tired of uh, Molly's shenanigans, essentially. Yeah. He's like, all right, bye. Like, closes the door <laughs> on them the door. while they're still... Yeah. While they're still talking to him. And it's great. He's really well, Jack, funny, but I was... and it's for, like... Molly wants to have the uh, the the full exchange of power between the new president, yes, yes. and he's like, "No yes. one gives a shit about this. No, no one cares." No. It's so good, it's amazing. Uh, but then you like, then he's done. Like then they're done with school, and I'm like, well, that was a waste of Jason Sudeikis, I guess. I mean, that was funny, but it was. And then he pops back up later. He is their what Lyft driver? <laughs> yeah. Driver, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, and it's so awkward and so funny. It's so good. He's got. His whole car is decked out. It's got a bunch of, uh, like, string lights, party lights, yeah, yeah, like chili peppers. peppers. Yeah. Yes. And you <laughs> find like... out, like, about his, like, home life, and he sounds kind of like a sad teacher. Yes. <laughs> and they are incredibly uncomfortable. I do have a question. Uh, you may be going, you know, into all these other side characters, but since you got brought up, I'm just curious uh, where anyone else fell on this. So there's a moment when the girls are in the back of his car, and they're, they feel awkward because they didn't know he was going to be picking them up. And they just got a Lyft driver. And then, oh, it's our principal. And he's, like, trying to be hip and cool. And, you know, like, they have to deal with that. So one of the side plots uh, is that Amy is a lesbian. That she had come out in the past. um, But she hasn't been with anyone, dated or anything. And Molly's been trying to encourage her and push her toward, uh, you know, one girl in particular. So they decide that to determine the mechanics of lesbian sex, essentially, they're going to look at some pornography on their phone. Uh, I just, I'm raising... In the car. I'm, ra- with I'm principal raising... principal in the front seat. I'm raising this ju- solely because I wonder what this, what Jason Sudeikis is playing in this moment. I can't figure it out. So, they're watching it. They have it on their phone. They have headphones in. Jason Sudeikis has, like, phone chargers. And they plug it into their phone. And he has music going. And he sees they have headphones on. And, like oh, you want to listen to your music? I can pump that in. And so he like does something at the front of the car that it then goes to their phone. Uh, and then you end up hearing your know, like explicit, explicit sex sounds um, <laughs> of lesbian sex. And the girls are mortified. And But here's the thing. Then Jason said, they, they, they cut the phone, they, they stop it. And then Jason Sudeikis like turns around, has this like kind of goofy expression. He says, was that Cardi B? And now I don't know if it's the joke is that he is awkwardly trying to come up with something to say, or if the joke is he's that kind of goofy and unhip of a, as a high school principal, <laughs> that that's what he thinks. Oh, that must be Cardi B that like this. Cause there's like, there's talking in it as well. So yeah. I can't tell which way Jason Sudeikis is playing that moment. I, I couldn't either. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. I think it could go either way. Also, Ling Ling the Panda. Woo, woo, no. Oh, my out. God. <laughs> that so scene bad. was ridiculous. It's that very like... funny, but deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> Let's kiss it on the oh, face. Really? I love, oh, I love Mo- Molly's reaction through all that stuff. I was just like, make it stop. Make make it stop right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want to explain it, but somebody should. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain it. I don't <laughs> have to. So, Great. Amy and Molly, they're in Amy's room, and 
I'm always trying to guess what Amy uses to masturbate with because uh, she doesn't uh, use her hand apparently. So she's uh, guessing all these items on her bookcase, and eventually they both lock eyes on her old trusty uh, pet panda bear named Ling Ling, which is like has an eye dangling because of the amount Amy uses it, I guess. And then at one point the parents come in, they're kissing the face of Ling Ling. Uh, and then, yeah, that's what Lynn's talking about, where Molly, she's like, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. It's amazing. And I love how Molly also, like, earlier shares a story of, like, you know, deep secret. Once I masturbated with an electric toothbrush. And, like, she's like, that's not a secret. You've told me so many times. <laughs> well, and then she got, a, she got a terrible UTI. Yeah. Like, she emphasizes that. Like, and then uh, Amy's like, I, I wish that had been a secret, but yeah, told me many times. In the in the moment where uh, Molly is trying to guess all the things on the shelf, she's like, "What? You use a book? I mean, that's very Freudian, but I'd worry about paper cuts. Right. <laughs> this is amazing. Like such a good line." <laughs> oh God. Oh, All right, I derailed you a little bit, Jack. Uh, you had some uh, other side character stuff you wanted to say. What was Jess about to say, though? I was going to say, like, speaking of side characters. Okay, great, perfect. Yes. Uh, 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 okay. All right, I have a, I have a segue to Gigi. I'm like, just this whole time, I'm like, how do we get to Gigi? Uh, okay. So uh, at one point in the school, you know, you're meeting all the kids in the school. Um, and at one point, they're like, "Uh, here comes the one percent," and they cut on this. <laughs> Cut close to this like crazy car, a muscle car, like totally painted up the most ridiculous way. It's blaring music, and it slow. The music slows down, and it does a close up of um, this girl sitting in the window, letting the wind like blow her long hair. She's wearing like a a fur coat, yeah. and just like clearly like oh, they're so cool. And uh, then all of a sudden, like kind of the music stops and the car stops, and this character is like, "Well, I told you, Jared." Jared, I told you door to door, Jared. And he's just like stopped in the middle of the like path for some reason. And she's just yelling at him. And she like gets out of the car and lays on the top of it. She's like, I'm spent, Jared. I'm fucking spent. <laughs> she's laying there. And like, they're just like yelling at each other. And Jared, so apparently these are two rich people. They're, everyone assumes they're together. At one point, Jared is like yelling across at Molly and them. He's like, hey, you guys want some food? I brought soup dumps. I got soup dumplings. You want soup dumps? <laughs> like, they're just, like, the most ridiculous people, and I love them. Like, from the moment they come in, I'm like, oh, I love these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Gigi. Gigi is incredible. She's the best. Every scene she's in is hilarious. That's Billy Lord. It's so good. Also, eat Jared, the soup though, dumplings. Too. I know. Eat the soup dumps. Yum. What's up? <laughs> yeah. What's up, chicas? <laughs> That's yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag soup dump for life. <laughs> Um, yeah, another instance of them, like, turning, you know, a trope on its head of, like, the rich people are the people you kind of want to be friends with, and I kind of feel bad for them, like, um, (laughs) with Jared, like, you know, he's also, um, no, he's not an Uber driver, he just picks them up, but, like, uh, to take them to the the party, because they realize they have no idea where the fuck the party is, and so he's like, oh, I can take you, and they're like, to the best party, and... So, of course, he takes them to his party, which is on a boat with, like, catering and ice sculptures and, like, a bartender and just, like, yeah, gifts for everyone. And you just, no one's there. It's empty. And I'm, like, we we were watching it, and I was, like, I bet you a few kids would go to this party first. Like, totally. even just to, like, swing by. Come on. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. 
Well, so and that's like, also, you also get really good stuff in that scene where you find yeah. out, like, that Gigi isn't just a crazy person, that she's super loyal, and mm-hmm. Jared really, he's like, we're not to, and that's where you, uh, when you see this in the soup dump scene, uh, there's like, they're talking about the rumor <laughs> that Jared's f- rich father had paid for a prostitute to, like, uh, take his virginity when he was 14 years old. So, like, that's where the, you start, Molly is just learning these lessons, and it's oh, that just was like, way at the. That's at the the final party. Is oh, is that the final party? Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, yeah this is where you not yeah, as on the crazy. They mentioned she, yeah. she's just his friend. Yeah, they mentioned yeah. the the prostitute early on though, and there's some great dialogue where Amy and Molly are debating whether or not it's true, and Molly says like, <laughs> "It was so detailed. It has to be true. Like she had a hearing aid. He sprained his ankle." <laughs> Great. It's good. Yeah. So on the boat, like Jared is trying so hard. Like it's just obvious you meet him in school earlier that day and he's trying so hard to be cool and to be people's friends and no one cares about him, which is sad. Mm -hmm. Um, Except for Gigi, who loves him uh, like as a friend, we find out we assume they're dating, but they're not. But that's like on the boat is when you get to know Gigi more. (laughs) It's just like. She's crazy. She just walks up to the Molly and Amy. She just starts feeding them strawberries. And they're like, no, no, no. Oh no! All right, these are fine. This is fine. Um, what else? Has, she's, her like she jumps obsession off with Amy, like from the beginning. Oh, she's like, "I'm in love with you. We're best yes. friends." Like, yes, <laughs> it's so good. So good. And I love when they the go actress. up on the on the deck and like, um, she offers her uh, was it pot or a cigarette? Yeah, a cigarette. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. someone pot. comes up and yeah. is like. You can't smoke here. And she's like, how dare you speak to my friend? And he's like, I'm talking to you. Like, this is my best friend. How dare you speak to her this way? And he was like, we've barely met. Like, I don't know I don't her. Know. Yeah. So I'm good. Just, yeah. Billy Lord. She's incredible. Billy Lord. She just throws everything into every scene she's in. It's like, I'm not positive there is a Billy Lord. I think she just is Gigi. And it's amazing. <laughs> She's so good. Um, and she first... turns up, she's like the the thread that follows them yeah. because they're, the whole goal is we got to get to this one, the popular kids party. And they end up at two, three other parties yeah. before that. Yeah. Um, and Gigi somehow is at every she's single always one. There. She's always there. And they're like, how did you get here before us? We left. What's going on? And like at the end of the Jared boat party, she jumps off the boat. <laughs> and then at the next party, she's totally dry. And they're like, how are you here? How are you dry? And then she goes, how are you dry? <laughs> it's so good. God, yeah. Her performance, like, obviously stole the show for, I think, everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. And she's, yeah, obviously Carrie Fisher's daughter. And you just see so much of Carrie in her of just, like, her I don't give a fuck attitude and just kind <laughs> of, like, whatever like they're both just so gifted at comedy and i don't know it was just a blast watching her i first watched billy lord on um screen queens that ryan murphy show that didn't last very long um loved her on that too i just think that she's i don't know i want to see her in more (laughs) oh definitely (laughs) i think i think we should talk about the uh the second party they go to so we've hit on the boat party yes and then the second party they end up at theater kid party. Is theater kid party i loved it i want to be <laughs> it's there a murder so bad. mystery party That's they the open party the I door go to. I'm so kidding. good me too they open the door and uh one of the uh there are two like main drama club guys uh 
And one of them is standing at the top of this beautiful staircase in like a flapper dress. And he's like, my husband has been murdered. And like, it's just like way into it. And then uh, what's the line that the, the other drama kid who's kind of like running the whole thing comes in? George. What is, yeah. Yeah. He comes in and he's like, you're at a 10 and you do it at two. Yes. <laughs> like I need you to bring it down. And uh, they're like, uh, Amy and Molly are trying to talk to him. They're like. They're, they're like, hey, where's the, we weren't looking for this party. We're looking for Nick's party. And he goes, I don't know a Nick. I only know sorrow and grief. And it's so good. It's amazing. And, and then he goes and screams at his family because they're making noise as they're quietly playing cards in the dark in the kitchen. He's like, you gave me the house to 11. Shut the fuck up. And it's just incredible. Oh, I was just going to say, like, what? Because those kids end up at the cool party. Later, yes, yes. But I guess his ended at eleven. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. The timeline. Yeah, totally. Okay. Got it. It's fine. It checks out. Oh, they clearly thought deeply through the timeline yes, for this for evening. Sure. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, oh my god. And that is the party where it's... they end up getting drugged, um, or well, I guess they they took the strawberries on the boat, um, but uh, it didn't hit until they got to that party. So that uh, that loops us back around to that moment. So what are um, I mean, we'll definitely, as we're getting closer, you know, plot-wise toward the end, we'll definitely dig into the dramatic elements. But before we do that, I think it makes sense. What are some of our favorite comedic bits? <laughs> My favorite line. I mean, I've mentioned several of them, I guess. I can't say just one favorite. Uh, but towards the end, light spoiler, Amy's getting arrested. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she, she's like making jokes at the officer as they're pulling her into the police car. And she goes, shotgun. Just kidding. I don't have one. So yes. Genius. I lost. Genius. That was so good. So good. Um, I love the whole side quest of um, they try to basically when they're trying to figure out where the party is located, they see on Snapchat or whatever that like they've ordered a shit ton of pizza from this pizza place. Ah, yeah. And so their idea is to go to the pizza delivery guy and like demand that he take them to that place. But they just like tie their hair over their faces <laughs> and like just get it. They're like already in his car. And it's like, at first he's freaked out, but then he's just like, wait, you're like kids. And like, you just got into a strange man's backseat. Like, do you have any weapons? <laughs> like, no. Okay. Like, and then you, <laughs> I just brilliant. I loved it. He was just like criticizing them the whole time. Like you're fucking crazy. Get out of my car. <laughs> like I could have driven you across state lines by now. Yeah. Like what are you doing? But then he, yeah, then he gets very detailed. I could have hogtied yeah. you. Yeah, yeah that's just, right. That's right. Like murdered you over the course of several days by cutting off your skin, and you're just like, oh, that. But that's what's like cool about this movie is they there's all these things that happen early on where you're just like, oh, like you can usually you just dismiss those as like, oh, that's a funny yes. line, that's a funny yeah. bit, but then. Everything plays very like the where he yells at his family like oh this, like I have the house till eleven like even though yes we're joking that oh they care about the timeline but then it makes sense why all those kids mm -hmm. are at the later party and yeah. so yes this guy is getting very graphically detailed about how you can murder them but then later we'll get I won't say what happens yet now but later that comes into like majorly important territory to. <laughs> At the very last part of the movie. Yeah. And so these little throwaway lines also become very integral to the plot, which was just so awesome. I loved it so much. 
yeah. It actually reminds me of Hot Fuzz in that way. Like, the script mm. is so tight, and everything just comes back around. Everything. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think, hard to pull off in a comedy, but when it's done and done well, it's, like, masterful. Well, it's Fabs, you and amazing. I talked about similar yeah. stuff in PCU, one of our early episodes on this, of how PCU mm-hmm. did that in a comedy, and, like, just little throwaway bits ended up having significance as the plot went on. Um, and that's, you know, a college comedy, not a high school comedy. Um, so one of my favorite bits, I remember laughing at it the first time. And I think I rewound it the first time and I did the exact same thing this time. Cause it's like, it's one of those moments. Like I didn't, I'd seen this once. I definitely enjoyed it, but I didn't like know all the lines. But so early in the movie, after Molly has a breakdown, after realizing that she could have been having fun or at least attempting to have fun, both she and Amy, and that she says partly that and partly she's furious that all these people that she kind of hates um, are getting into good schools like her. And so she's not like special or anything. So she's having kind of a mini breakdown. And so she's sitting on like a park bench overlooking the city with Amy and Amy has an auto harp. I had to look up to see what she's playing. And she just <laughs> sings a little like nonsense song. If you don't say something in the next 10 minutes, I'm going to take you to the hospital. Don't want to say I'm getting concerned, but to be honest, I'm getting concerned. Like, it's something that almost feels like improv. I don't know if it was, Mm, but it's like, I mean, both these actresses are like so incredibly good in their roles, but then the dialogue is just there for them. There for them and every other character throughout the script. So you have... I'm sure moments that are being improbbed and tweaked and you have stuff that's just incredibly great on the page and it's just working so well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fabs, did we get one from you? Um, my favorite, I love the shotgun line. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was so clever. It's so um, good. And I just, I, mine are all yours. I, I just, them <laughs> using their hair as a ski mask <laughs> is so goddamn funny to me because like I don't even know how you, you think of that as a writer where because I mean you're like oh it would be a funny thing okay they'll use like pantyhose or like oh well they just like found a plastic bag and like they cut holes in it that'd be funny but then it's like oh no like let's just use your own hair to like Jess is working yeah, to break on, uh, high. recreating Jess is it. almost yeah, doing it so good. I agree. Like it's visual just medium. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, Perfect. just pretty Very much good. has it. Yeah, it looks and, great. Yeah, and bring it around the mouth. Perfect. There you go. Oh yep. my God, we're this podcast is being robbed. <laughs> I mean, agreed. It's there's a bunch of brilliant comedic moments. That's just like, oh, this is. I never would have thought of that. Not that I'm, you know, an amazing comedic person, but there's a lot. Of, you see a lot of comedy, and you're like, oh yeah, of course, like. We know where this is going. Yeah, we know where this is going. They took the easy road, and this doesn't ever. Like, at every turn, Mm -hmm. they don't take the easy route, and that's impressive. Also, George yelling at his family. I think that was, like, what resonated. Because, like, I know so many theater kids that was like, you're ruining my goddamn moment. And it's, like, like this really over-the-top and fantastic murder mystery. I just thought that was so funny because his, yeah. his parents are just so broken and just quietly playing, like, Uno or something at the kitchen table. And I just love Well, he it. has a couple other really fun bits that show, like, his uber obsession with theater because it's him and the other main theater guy at the very beginning and they're talking about like a show they're going to do in the summer 
and that the the first guy is going to be directing it. And then he says the second guy and the second guy standing there like, you know, obviously I have the part. And he's like, we'll potentially be starring depending on uh, auditions. auditions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he just like gives us like little uh, throwaway line with that. And then uh, one that's super fun is when they get to the final party, which we can dig into next, I think. Get to the final party. Um, Amy ends up singing karaoke really well and singing to it's an Alanis Morissette song, right? You ought yeah. to know. Yeah. So she's know. singing that and he's like critiquing her to someone else, but like doing it nice. Like he's like, oh, oh, she's, you know, she's definitely on pitch. Uh, she's not, uh, no, not, not a breathing, not doing a breathing method or something. Like he's like, that was it. Yeah. He's being yeah. pleasant, but it's like it never turns off for him. Yeah, <laughs> because no. he had just been singing, and so she comes up and like four songs like, too. Yeah, had... yeah, and she's comes in singing the same song that he was. She mm-hmm. kind of broke in, and uh, so all like on the verge of stealing his thunder, essentially. So he's like being being positive, but still being like, I mean, but I'm better, and I know what I'm doing. But she's great. <laughs> but again, a little breadcrumb. Earlier in the movie, they mentioned how she's in the show choir. Mm. Oh, that's so, right. So you're just like, oh, damn, yeah, duh, she can sing. She's in show choir, like, of course. And it's just, like, again, oh, just a throwaway line. Like, what's the thing a high school kid does? But it's like, no, she's going to sing later. Like, she needs to do something that isn't part of the musical or she'd be friends with the musical kids, too. Yeah. So it's just, it's great. Yeah. Very good. All right, we want to talk about this last party? Yeah, so they they get to this last party, and before we launch into it, I'll say, like, we were talking a little bit about how this movie breaks from form, and I don't think I picked up on it until this rewatch, but what's interesting is it's it's essentially like we're watching a movie of an adventure, and it's it's not all in one day. It's, like, basically in, like, a day and a little bit extra at the end, but it's, it's structured basically like that all in a day type of movie, and you have these girls who are trying, their goal is to get to this party. And, you know, if you want to look at some other things, can't hardly wait. I think characters have, you know, that they have a set goal to get to by the end of the thing. Um, American Pie obviously has like, we're going to lose our virginity kind of goal. You can roll your eyes, Jack. I'm just stating what it does. I just hate the American Pie so much. <laughs> anyway. Um, so like that's kind of their set goal is for them to get to this party. And what's really interesting to me on a rewatch is like most movies, they get to that party, they'd have a good time and yeah, we're ha- we're living it up. And then they'd be there for like 15 minutes and they'd have fun. And then there'd be a fade up to the next day. And now they're changed and they're going to go into high school or go into college with like open eyes. It's like, and it would work, but when they get to that party, there's a lot of movie left. They mm-hmm. spend a lot of time it's like at that half party. The movie, I think it's not yeah. quite half. It's it's, it's like, like thirty five minutes, thirty or thirty five minutes, and yeah. they they get to the party, and not only is it, it and it is what I said, it is they it it affects them, and they have fun. I mean, it does all those beats, but then it does character and dramatic beats. It takes it places it it arguably doesn't need to, and that yeah. we aren't really expecting it to. And that's what I was alluding to at the top of the show was that, you know, most of the movie plays strictly as kind of a comedy with there's an occasional like, oh, don't be down on yourself or don't feel sad about this. And they're all like basically just to get you from point A to point B for a scene or for the comedy. And then in that party, we start to go into hard dramedy territory and it works. It's like flawless totally. and like doesn't skip a beat. But it just it just 
there's a dramatic shift. And so, yeah, if we want to go into all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, go, Jess. Um, so, yeah, the party, like, starts off and, like, everyone's psyched that they're there. And they have, like, awesome outfits because of their teacher, who we haven't talked about yet, but, like, we need yeah. to. Um, <laughs> and, like... Yeah, they're just like uh, Molly's talking to, you know, the vice president of the class who she realizes she has a crush on and it's going really well there. And, you know, Amy's crush is there and she's like, I'm going to talk to her. We're going to whatever. And so, like, I don't know, everything's going well. Like Amy does the cool karaoke song and everyone's like cheering for her. You know, everything's like really good. And then things just like take a turn and it's. Oof, it's just like hard to watch. It's like oh yeah, like, oh no, oh no, just go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, everything's going well, and both the girls' crushes. It's like oh, I think I think it actually might happen. They might like get with their intended. <laughs> They're betrothed. Yeah, so I couldn't think of a better word there. Yeah, uh, but anyway, you know what I mean. Um, and then uh, after the success at karaoke. Amy follows her crush out to the pool. They get in the pool, and then she sees her crush making out with Molly's crush, and she is crushed because she was mm-hmm. never goes, she was never sure if her crush was gay, and it it still yeah. left open the girl still, could be bisexual yeah. or something. You don't yeah. Know. yeah, but basically, it was a big yeah. question mark of whether the girl was even you know and anything not straight. Yeah, yeah. So she's really hurt, but she also knows. Oh no, Molly's also going to be really hurt by this because it was hard enough for Molly to even admit that she liked this guy because he's a jock and uh, Molly's real smart. Another trope, uh, like kind of flip where she's like, I'm too good for this guy type of thing uh, rather than the, oh, I hope he notices me type of thing, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, although pin in that, I want to come back to it. Anyway, <laughs> Amy runs inside and she's like, Molly, we got to go. I want to go home. We got to go. And Molly's like, no, I don't want to go. Things are going great with my crush. What are you talking about? And so they end up fighting about it, and it's devastating. Yeah. It's incredible. It's perhaps one of the best fight scenes I've seen in a movie. Fight Like, verbal fight scenes. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely incredible. It's one shot, and it just kind of uh, stays on one side of them and kind of, like, keeps rotating, like, back and forth, looking at Molly's face, looking at Amy's face as they are delivering these, like awful lines to each other and slowly very achingly slowly you see in the background as people begin to notice people at the party start to notice slowly and like then you'll see on one kind of pass you'll see all of a sudden somebody has their phone up with their light on like they're recording and then as they're as they're kind of going back and forth you see more and more and more of them popping up so it's like oh my gosh it's just the embarrassment of when they finally notice that people have been watching them yeah uh, and that, like, this hor- all these horrible things that they're saying to each other are going to be recorded forever, and everybody knows, and they're going to have to deal with that forever. And the music is so amazing in that scene because it's, uh, at one point, the music takes over, and you can't even hear what they're saying anymore. It's just, uh, you see them mouthing words, and you don't know what they're saying, but their faces say everything. They're shocked. Like, every one person says something, and the other person's face falls and it's like you can just tell they're saying the most hurtful things they've ever said to anyone in their whole lives. And it's all being recorded by their uh, classmates. Mm-hmm. And it's horrible, but incredibly well done. The energy is amazing. I, I can't. It's painful, but great to watch. Yeah. I, and I, like, say... I think you get 
even, oh, ahead, even, well, j- just briefly, like even before that fight scene, which uh, I mean is also masterfully done, like everything else in the film. But that scene in the pool is just so fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a there's a song on the soundtrack. I can't remember which one it is. It's one of the better songs I think of the soundtrack. But so basically, you have this moment where Amy seems to her her crush is taking an interest in her at least on a friendly level and she's hanging out at the party she did the big song and people are liking it and so she feel and they they have like moments where there's physical touch and so like jack said it seems like these you know something's going to happen and so she ends up getting in the pool with her and there's a bunch of other people in the pool And she goes underwater and she's swimming. And we just see this kind of slow motion swimming of Amy with this music in the background and the way it's lit. It's just gorgeous. And then she sees like two sets of legs kind of intertwined. And she's like, wait, what, who is this? Her crushes tattoos that we all know at this point. And then she ends up coming up out of the pool. And then she, you know, she, so it turns from this like incredibly beautiful moment to just this one of horror and for her but i mean it all plays beautifully in terms of how mm-hmm. it's shot and the music of it yep. and then that leads directly into the fight which you know amy is trying to spare molly the same pain and mm. uh we didn't comment on this but they have like a code word uh malala oh, yeah. and that's malala. where they have to do like basically just listen to their friend and just like i'm tr- i'm entrusting you whatever you want to do and they only do it on certain occasions that was I think they get one a year. Yeah. And that was how Molly <laughs> got Amy to do this whole party thing and like to go to the ends of the earth for it. Amy does not want to see Molly get crushed and so she and doesn't want to explain, so she calls it and Molly refuses. So like yeah. a pretty big betrayal uh in that yeah. moment and then that's when the fight happens. But yeah, that whole like 10 minute sequence or something is just it oh. it turns the movie into a completely different place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh, we're fun comedy to like, oh, mm-hmm. you know what you're doing, <laughs> yep. like really, you know what you're doing, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. All I was gonna say, Lynn, I was literally gonna say the same thing about they use the pool underwater sequence as like a transition yeah. to change the genre because it's it's so sh- it's shot so differently mm-hmm. um, than any other part in the movie, and so it's kind of like this great breather where you go from like a standard high school party scene into this like kind of high art and it's just like wait what's going on right now like this is like and the underwater scene is like a minute and a half to two minutes of her just trying to find her crush people like kids flying through and and in and out of the camera shot um and it's great music and yeah and then it it is devastating reveal um but yeah it is like you said Lynn. it's like a just very cool 10 minute sequence where it, it changes kind of everything and everything you think the movie is capable of, mm-hmm. uh, where you're like, oh, this movie is a great comedy. And then it just it goes up several notches where you're just like, oh, I didn't even know like you were it's like an athlete doing something for the first time. Like I didn't know you're like you were physically capable of achieving <laughs> that. And it's yeah. it was awesome to watch because it was just yeah. like watching my wife's face watch it. It was like Okay, cool. Like she, she's like, oh my god, like what the hell? And then, yeah, those 
the camera the camera phone light at, oh, like each yes, edition is just oh. more devastating to you yes and then you're like there's 25 minutes of the movie still like <laughs> yes. what's gonna happen and and yeah and so then the next thing that happens is like amy and then and this is another big moment because at this point like amy's she's out but she has no experience like she just knows that she's gay and she you meet you see hope earlier on who's like this really beautiful popular girl and amy like they she just goes at her she's like sick of the bullshit of like i'm not going to be bullied i'm not going to be picked on i just called malala my best friend didn't acknowledge it i was doing it to protect her and then i'm not going to be like bullied by you i'm about to go to africa for an entire year to like yeah, amy save ran the world. into the bathroom because she was like I mean, you need a moment after something like totally, that Totally, to yes. And then this this girl, Hope, was in the bathroom, and they start kind of yelling at each other. And then Amy goes for it. She just kisses Hope. And then, yep. like, she, it's awesome. It. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. so, I'm so proud of her. Like, yeah, like, it's just she's, she, she took the risk. And then shortly after that, Molly realizes, oh, this is what Amy was trying to do. She was mm-hmm. trying to uh, – and, and, of course, right then – wait, then they have – she has a sit-down. Does the sit down happen before or after she sees which sit down uh, that her crush? The sit down with uh, the wealthy kid. Oh, oh, that's before, before she sees I it. Think okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. They have a nice, a, a nice moment. Um, it's a great moment. Yeah, yeah, and that that's the kid from Santa Clarita Diet. Like he's in a few things. Like he's he's really oh, funny. I, I like. Yeah, him he was in um, uh, that social dilemma. Uh, pseudo documentary thingy mm. that came out, um, and he was okay. in the vacation sort of reboot quote. He was the oh. uh, reboot. he reboot was the, yes. the not rusty older rusty. brother, yeah. right? Oh, wow. And he and he's also in uh, if you haven't checked out on Hulu, uh, it's called The Binge. It's a purge kind of it makes fun of oh, the purge okay. where it's illegal to consume alcohol except for one <laughs> night a year and so like vince vaughn's the principal it's amazing and he and his friends are like should we do it like i don't know and so it's like plays his name on is that, uh skyler gisondo okay oh and, and then the other kid the kid with the long hair who ends up hooking up with the teacher yeah. he's I, one uh, of the kids who joins the crew in the binge so he was in okay. both movies too yeah i want to go yeah. back to the um, Hope and Amy, like, bathroom scene. Because yeah. I really like how <sighs> this movie's not precious with, like, her being gay. It's not, it's just no. kind of like, hey, just is. she came out just two normal. years ago. Yep. We're over that. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yep. Her parents are cool with it. Like, there's no, like, <laughs> sob story in the background of yeah. just, like, oh, no, Amy. Um, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a, it is what it is. Um, but, like, also just, like, with their, like, love scene you know um i think a lot of movies would be (laughs) either shy about it or make it like sweet and beautiful and whatever and they were just like no this is a fucking comedy she fucking pukes on her (laughs) because like she puts it in the wrong hole (laughs) and and they've just been like alluding to that the whole time of like she's not gonna get the angle right (laughs) and like and just the fact that they went there and they were just like you know what yeah Everyone gets an awkward sex scene. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, precious and beautiful or, like, you know. And I just, I really appreciated that. I'm just like, yeah, it's going to be awkward. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Oh, that scene is very, the the vomiting is very real. Like, uh, uh, Amy has that awkward moment where she misses (laughs) 
there's a I'm going to there's a name of a song from uh, a horror movie from a while ago that I suddenly can't remember but the name of the song is Finger Bang Misfire which is <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life so that happens to Amy Finger Bang Misfire and so she's like trying to recover grabs a drink from the tub like that's just sitting there but I don't know what's in that drink and they never talk about it the drink makes her puke cigarette bites. there's two cups there and I think she went in with a different cup or, or maybe she doesn't and she just assumes but you can see yeah, in yeah. one of the cups is like a drink the other cup is like pe- Very brown. people were using brown for cup. like an ash yeah. cup. And... Gotcha. Okay, that's what she drinks. She drinks that accidentally and then vomits and it's <laughs> awful. Like the whole scene. And it starts off very, I mean, they're taking it very seriously. Mm-hmm. It's like very, uh, I'm like, oh, okay, we're also doing a very dramatic love scene, I guess. And nope. then it's like, oh, no, okay, don't worry. We're still in the comedy. It's yeah, fine, guys. Yeah. All right. I, oh, God, I, it's gross. Um... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just liked how, I don't know, Hope was kind of, like, rolling with it until the puke yeah. happened. And then she was like, no, you yeah. gotta go. She's <laughs> like, get out. Which <laughs> is, of course, painful. Uh, can we talk about the teacher? Because that was... Oh, my God. Oh my that's God. the Weird. one thing I'm real iffy about in this movie. Well, the dude, they said that he got held back from seventh grade twice. So that makes him, like, yeah. 20, 20 at this point. He's, yeah, 20. he's 20. Still not cool. But still I'm a still student. just, like... And Don't the like way it. that she's just like she gives her cell phone number to the two girls, which I'm like, yeah. okay, weird, but cool, whatever. Yeah. And then like this is like the cool teacher. Like everybody thinks this teacher is like really cool, right. Like, and she's yep. like youngish. She's probably in her 30s. Huh. She's really, it's, really um, lovely. And Jessica, sorry, I had Jessica it up. Um, Jessica Williams, yeah, um, mm-hmm. who I adore. But like, what a weird role. This is just like. <laughs> yeah. And it just keeps getting weirder of, like, she yeah. is the one that takes them to the party. She has clothes in her car, and they, you know, wear her clothes to the party. And then she was like, wouldn't it be weird if I just, like, went to the party with you? <laughs> and then she walks in. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, it is weird. But, like, yeah, uh, yeah the long-haired kid, um, Theo, he has been, like, into Miss Fine and, like, her name is Miss Fine. Miss Fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, he's instantly just like there and hitting on her. It, they hook up, evidently. And then in graduation, she like goes to like whisper in his ear and like so flirt funny. with him. And I'm just like, in front of everyone's parents, <laughs> yes. in front of every other student, like, Miss Fine, what the fuck are you doing? And it's Seems... a woman of long hair like his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She goes to flirt. With the long hair, and it's the wrong long hair. She, like, hair. Yeah. in her ear. <laughs> and then tries to recover. <laughs> and they're like, it's cool. It's what everybody's doing these days, right? Uh, good luck. I was like, this is strange. I don't know. It, Didn't it, like it. It was, like, whatever. But, like, yeah, that was a character I basically didn't. But then that also gave, so AAA is the girl who... Oh yeah. Reveals in the bathroom that, like, everyone's going into good schools. And, like, every, and she just, they give her, like... She's very and why blunt. do they call her Triple A, Jess? Oh, her name is Triple A because um, she isn't like three different guys that she gave blowjobs to in a car or something. Yeah, she offers quote roadside assistance. Roadside assistance, unquote. yes. But then you find out like she actually drives guys home who are too drunk to get home by themselves, but also blows them in their car. <laughs> 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 and it's like, oh, okay. Um, but like, she, they give her so many like awesome lines at the end of scenes 
to like, yeah. cause she's so blunt and funny. And so just like at the graduation thing, like Theo does come up to the teacher and it's like talking to her and then it just goes to a uh, AAA and she's like, did you fuck Miss Fine? <laughs> 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 and then the, uh, like the scene where she picks up Molly and is driving her home. Um, because Molly's walking home from this party because she's miserable after finding out that her crush, you know, was with someone else. Um, so that's when they learn about AAA. Uh, but the end of the scene, there's something like this really real conversation, and Molly's like, I get you now. Like, I totally understand you. It's really nice. And then she's like, wait, where the fuck do you live? <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> she's been driving yeah. in one direction the whole way, and she's yeah. like, I don't even know where you live. <laughs> yeah. And that, that scene is yet another of the, like, whoop, troop flip, um, because, like, AAA, and it's sad. I actually feel really bad because I don't remember her name. It starts with an A, like Annabelle, Annabelle. or something Annabelle. like that. Annabelle. Annabelle. I was very close. Mm-hmm. Um, so this character, they have this whole heart-to-heart, and she's like, I know about my nickname, and I expected it from the dudes, but it really hurt that all the women say it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that really sucked. I didn't expect that. And, like, just kind of talking about, like, yeah, I expect men to be jerks and um, just kind of narrow me down just to what I do for sex Mm -hmm. or do for dudes. But I didn't expect girls to do it, too. And, like, early in the movie, yet again, loops coming back, Mm -hmm. uh, Amy and Molly have a discussion about this. And Molly calls her AAA. And Amy's like, don't do that. Don't call her that. Like, that sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a... why. You don't see any of the dudes who were with her getting gross nicknames about the fact yeah. that they're sexually active. Um, Except Dick Splinter. <laughs> I think that was yeah, like the Dick one. <laughs> That's right. Also, Triple A is a very valuable resource. So, like, I <laughs> I wear it as a bad badge of pride. Okay, good, very good. Um, but it was just one of those like, okay, even though she's like maybe a popular girl or a girl that you think you can look down on. Cause like, Oh, she's okay. She's still a person. It's not fair that dudes go with that. Like just mm-hmm. doing all of that and bringing that in and Molly yet again, being like, Oh, I, I, I've been kind of a jerk. Like, and I have been judging all these people. And that's kind of the whole movie is like, I've been judging all these people, but everybody has these rich inner lives. And she has that conversation with uh, Annabelle. She has a conversation with Jared. Um, and she gets to know, weird Gigi and like just all of these things and it's great mm-hmm. it's so good and yeah and when people come in when she and Amy come into that last party and everyone's so hyped to see her it's like oh I just misjudged all these people mm-hmm. yeah uh and that's like again very wholesome and there's I, I mentioned earlier I put a pin in um her admitting her crush about Nick like she feels like she shouldn't have a crush on Nick because she's in her mind like way smarter and way better than him and like he's just a dumb jock but she also mentions that she's like and i know he wouldn't really go for somebody like me he likes like the blonde like thin sticks and stuff and amy straight up slaps her like real hard open (laughs) palm slaps her in the face and like goes off on her and is like hey don't say any of that. Like, don't you talk? She says a line that I was to, uh, about my friend that way when speaking yes, about herself, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she says Nick would be lucky to be a footnote in your story. And I was like, oh, that's Aww. really nice. That's really <laughs> yep. cute. There's a lot of that. This whole movie very positive. Yeah. Well, that was one of uh, my notes on a second watch. I mean, I had the like John Hughes comment, but also like I feel like this is one of the great movies about friendship. Like, 
walking away from it mm, when yes. I was done, it was I I mean, there are other good movies about friendship out there, but this one ranks high on the list, I think, because that's what's I mean, you go into it thinking, oh, it's like a fun high school movie. That's what they're going for. But that is not really what they're going for. By the end of the movie, I mean, you know, you're following these two girls and their bond. But by the end of the movie, it becomes abundantly clear that that is the story they're telling. They are not telling the story of one crazy night in high school, guys, which is like what yeah. a lot of these movies yeah. do. It it uses those tropes and then, as we're saying, inverts them and pushes them in different places. But yeah, by the end, uh, it's, it's really a story of these two girls. And uh, yeah, I think it just stands out incredibly well on that front. Yeah, totally agreed. Uh, what else we got? Well, then Amy, she, to get everybody else out of the party, yeah, she, she's like, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to do it. She goes running through the living room and the cops chase after her so everyone else can get out of the party because yeah. uh, the cops come. Uh, and that's kind of how Amy and Molly get separated. Molly's in the backyard. Amy's inside the house. And Molly, as Jack mentioned, gets uh, a ride home from uh, Annabelle, a.k.a. AAA. Uh, and then we get that great shotgun line where she calls shotgun as the cops are arresting her. Um, and so then Molly wakes up on graduation day and is like, oh, shit, like, where where is my best friend? And she finds out she's been arrested. <laughs> and we get another great callback, which I mentioned earlier, yep. with the crazy, creepy pizza delivery guy as she's walking in to help Amy out at the Glenville uh, Glendale police station. Uh, she notices uh, the pizza delivery guy's face is on the wanted sign because apparently there's the Valley Strangler. I used to live in the Valley. Um, there's the Valley Strangler who's been uh, causing problems, and uh, it's the pizza delivery guy. So that's going to be allegedly. Out of jail. The alleged, allegedly, She's she's Molly's like we got to get you to graduation, and Amy's like, but how? I'm in jail, and she's like, we're gonna trade information, and slams the wanted poster up against the the wall that they're talking between. Yeah, so So we essentially learned that when he was going in like in depth detail, it's likely because he has these thoughts and presumably has killed people. But what I really think is interesting about that scene is like he's still warning them and like giving them advice. Right. Like even, even before, you know, the guy ends up presumably being a murderer, like, like even back when it was just, Oh, this guy's getting super explicit and weird. Like now, you know, he's a murderer, but he's saying like, Hey, don't show me your phone's passcode. Don't do that. Like (laughs) like he's giving giving genuine good advice to like protect them. And then you find out, Oh, he is a creepy monster, presumably. <laughs> but maybe he only kills men. Maybe he doesn't kill women. Or like adult yeah. women. Because like, he does, he does say, well, you're just kids? So yeah, so yeah. Maybe, maybe that's his line. <laughs> oh, God. So yeah. Good. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's yeah, and so, yeah, time, I mean, right? so they were able to get out. Uh, she gets out of jail, and then they go to graduation and... Uh, Molly delivers a big final speech. My eyes are opened. Although there is, well, there is the last bit. Uh, Molly is driving. Oh yeah. Molly is driving Amy to the airport because Amy, well, for, before that, Amy meets up with um, Hope. Hope comes Hope. to her house. Hope comes by the house. And so they have kind of a reconciliation and there's, you know, an implication like there could be something in the future between them. It's at least left open. 
and Molly is like going out of her mind because she didn't know any of that happened. And she's like excited slash a little bit mad. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so then she's driving Amy to the airport and yeah, if somebody wants, well, Jess, you, you talked about how the end of the movie affects you. So if you want to feel this one, um, the end of the yeah. movie. Um, yeah. So basically they are, uh, driving to the airport and, you know, it's just like this sweet goodbye that you're expecting. And, you know, Amy gets out of the car and, um, you know, <laughs> Molly's driving around, having a moment. Like, I don't know which song is playing, song is playing. but, Oh, um, I can't help falling in love with you. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, really... it's like a very slowed down, like, no, it's, uh, it's version a version of I can't help cover, falling in love with you. Um, <laughs> it's a cover of I mean it's uh yeah. it's a cover of Unchained it's a cover Melody. Of that song. It's by someone Oh, was it Unchained oh, Melody? It? Oh, oh, yeah, Licky Lee or Licky Lie? I I don't know. Um but it's a yeah, it's Unchained yeah, it's, it's it's really yeah. pretty. Okay, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It is really it's pretty. Definitely traditional love ballad. Yeah. But it's yeah, very uh, love song and so she's like in her feelings just like having a moment in well, her both car of them are crying. all done and then amy yeah. like jumps on her hood and is like you know i can be the last one on the plane let's get pancakes Fuck and, yeah. so they're just like, and she does the dance the dance <laughs> so happens cute. again and i'm like crying <laughs> this is so beautiful it's just like i don't know i just love a movie also where just like they're best friends, and you can see what each person adds and brings out in the other person. Like, it's yeah. so nice, and I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Also, it you forgot to mention that Molly uh, kisses Jared before her graduation oh my God. speech. Yes. Jared, like, who yeah. has his graduation cap on top of his backwards baseball cap. <laughs> yes. Which is just perfect. <laughs> Also, his license plate says "fuck boy." <laughs> like I just love everything about yes. Jared. <laughs> that's what Lyndon and I are, has too. His is "fuck boy one." I'm "fuck boy two. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. See, Fab, you could have gotten yeah. "fuck boy one." We're in different states. I keep telling you this, but oh, you're right. Why did I pick "fuck boy two? Now they're gonna wonder. <laughs> um, but yeah, on the 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 scene there at the end, so that yeah, as just saying, they're both crying, and then it, it inverts it again because the movie could have ended on this. I mean, it's, it's getting like to the point where it's basically almost overkill and saccharine and like too much emotion, but the movie has definitely earned emotion for these characters, for everything that they've gone through. But you're kind of sitting there as an audience member, like, Oh, are you really going to go this hard into depression at the end and roll credits? And then the girl (laughs) bounces back and like, let's get pancakes. And then it just, you know, plays like super fun and playful and then it ends on this positive note um so you still have that emotion the characters still went through this sad moment that was real but you don't leave the audience like horribly depressed walking out of the theater right Mm -hmm. i will say now that we've talked all about it like i think this does have like the strongest comparison to a super bad in that like that was about their friendship in the end as well like it wasn't all about the girls that they were chasing and the parties they were going to. It was kind of just like about them being sad about, you know, leaving each other the next year. I just think this one took that format and elevated it as you would 10 years later. (laughs) Like, right. And like the honesty of like what their plans are for next year, because Mm -hmm. the goal is to be friends forever. But 
um, Amy wasn't super forthright with Molly that she wasn't just going to Africa for the summer. She was going to be gone for an entire year Mm -hmm. and taking a year off of school from Columbia, uh, which is obviously super close to uh, Yale. So that ruined Molly's plan. And that was kind of the inciting thing that was said that made that fight that much crazier, Mm -hmm. where she, she came clean with that. Does anyone want to know what was said when the fight uh, cuts out? Oh, yeah. I know the last line. <laughs> because that was very obvious. But kind of, yeah, I do. Yeah, so yeah. the so basically we, we had mentioned earlier that uh, they have this fight and then the dialogue cuts out near the end and you just hear the soundtrack. And you, as Jack said, you can see it on their faces. And then the final thing you can tell, because if you don't know how to read lips... Everyone knows how to read these words, and it's Molly saying "fuck you" and just like just <laughs> crushed, and uh, and that's where it ends. Um, but when I had watched it, I had tried to see if I could pick up any other you know language from it the first mm-hmm. time, and then this time I was like, I wonder if like anywhere it says. So apparently they somebody uh, uploaded it was this from Deadline, so I don't know why they were putting it out there, but like the full script is online from deadline.com. Ah. So it has like the shooting script. So it has all the dialogue. And so it's, uh, you're a, you're a bad friend. You're selfish and mean. You're a bad friend. So Molly says, you're a bad friend. Amy says, you're a fucking bad friend. And then the soundtrack starts to go in and their dialogue drops. The rest of it is I called Malala. That was a sacred code. And Molly says, I got the Metro North commuter pass to visit you in New York every weekend. And Amy says, nobody asked you to do that. Just like nobody (laughs) asked you to come to this fucking party. Nobody invited you. Nobody wanted you here. And then that's why she says, says Molly sputters, hurt and furious. Fuck you. So because only Amy got the invite of like her. That's true. (gasps) Amy was invited. Was she? I I can't remember. Right. Yeah, by Ryan. By her Ryan, crush. Okay, her okay. crush. But yeah, so I mean, it, like it totally plays uh, without knowing it. But I, I figured, you know, that the actresses weren't just mouthy nonsense, so they did have dialogue in the in the moment, and it was just chosen later to be dropped. So yeah, like that that adds some uh, some weight to that even uh, that already heady Yikes. moment. Ouch. All right, so uh, before we wrap up, one thing I wanted to ask, why do we think this didn't catch on more? Because it was seen as underperforming. It wasn't like an outright failure. Um, it was a $6 million budget and made 25 mil. But as I've said on some of these podcasts before, that never factors in marketing. And um, they, it's, it's not, it was not referred to in the trades as like being a bomb or a failure, but as underperforming. So my guess is they probably thought it would make at least double that or something. Um, so there's different reasons that it could be. I put out some thoughts, some possibilities, but uh, what do we think? Why didn't this hit? Because I think it should have. I think it, it could have. I think it could have easily yeah. been a, um, a comedy that got a lot of buzz, but it really didn't. Yeah. And, like, looking at the May 2019, is it, release calendar, like, there's nothing that is, like, well, everyone wants to see this movie. Like, it was kind of, like, a basic, I don't know, there's a lot of rom-coms, there's a lot of comedies, there's just, I don't know. I don't know why. It came out the same day as Aladdin, I read. This was in theaters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Detective Pikachu stole their audience. I don't know. I did see that. <laughs> I did see I that. Did see I that. saw both in theaters. Yeah. Um, Paid for that. I think maybe that it didn't do as well just because, yeah, it's kind of you write off these coming-of-age movies, and a lot of them are, like, direct to Netflix now of, like, I don't know, people just don't see the weight in them or, like, don't identify with them. And I don't know. It's right up my alley, so I was there. But, like, I know that's not for everyone. It's not a genre for everyone. Um, did you see it in the theater, Jess? I did. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, we saw it probably opening weekend. Like, was looking forward to it just because I love Olivia Wilde and Beanie Feldstein. And we were just like, this looks great. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a hard sell for a movie. I don't know. Olivia Wilde, you know, this is her first directing project. Maybe people wanted to see, like... Well, yeah, I I mean, some of the uh, possibilities that I've seen thrown out there is like one, they gave it a wide release right away and they compared it to a lot of other movies that would do more word of mouth and like build to a wider release. Mm -hmm. So there's that. I wonder about like Napoleon Dynamite, for example. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder about releasing it in May, like at the start of superhero season, instead of like, this seems like a movie that would play well at the end of August or in December. Yes, right before school. Yeah. 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 And like, that's a lot of the time when you get those end of August, like sleeper hits where it's like, oh, I never even knew this was coming. And then everybody goes and sees it. So there's that. I think there's also that nobody's like super established um, like Olivia Wilde is known as an actress. She's not like a huge star, but she's also never directed before. So she's not a brand as a director. Mm-hmm. And then the two girls have been in stuff, but they're not huge. Um, now, super bad. They weren't huge either, but Michael Sarah did have at least like arrested development where people recognize mm-hmm. him for that. But I don't know. I mean, is sexism a component of this? Are people just like, oh, I'm not going to see that girls movie? I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't I think, think it's that so. cut and dried. So. But I wonder <laughs> if it's part of it. Yeah, I think so I'd, for sure. I think it certainly I factors in. Um, I think the same thing about the female Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite movies. It's I so love good. it. It's really it's good. so good, and it really did not do as well as it should have. Yeah. Uh, for and I think that is a factor. I'll agree. It's not everything it's not the whole factor but i think there is it's very normal to have a lot of these movies uh and starring dudes uh, mm-hmm. i also think of um bridesmaids versus um shoot what is that movie that i think jason sudeikis is also in and it's in vegas mm-hmm. but it's like bachelor part oh, of hangover hangover, He's hangover. Not yeah. yeah he's not in it Bradley i don't know Cooper. anyone i always mix up actors all the time <laughs> Uh, but funny men are in that movie. You know, they yeah. all blend together. Those comedy men. There's so few of them. Um, <laughs> so uh, The Hangover, you know, super, super popular. And Bridesmaids, I think, is, is again, that's not super my movie, but it's still, I recognize that it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, did it did well, but not, like, in the same way as, like, a lot of the other ones. I think, it was, it's, a, it's I think hard... it was a pretty big hit, but I think you're right that it. I don't think it was the huge blockbuster that the hangover was to be able to make go yes. on to make two more that nobody yes. asked for totally. correct and that's i think that's that's what i'm getting at is like uh it's there are probably many factors but the fact that we can point to just off the top of our heads like all these other ones that are like why didn't this do as well and it's like well 
female-led cast in a more traditional, I don't want to say traditional, what is has been more traditionally men's like coming of age type stories like going partying or getting drunk or doing crazy shenanigans it's like well that's that's what men do that's funny and when women do it it's not as funny and it's like well that's i know not everybody thinks that but you definitely see those opinions online that mm-hmm. exist those yeah. those opinions are there well and and for comparison so that sakes, has something to do with we've it. talked about super bad a good bit because uh, i looked this up and so it's it's a very similar stylistically in some regards movie and what it's what's goal is um and you know has the jonah hill connection um the hill family i i frankly never thought super bad was all that great i think it's kind of like okay i i enjoyed it for what it is but i've like never gone back and like watched it again and again i i think this is way far and away the better film but super bad cost 20 million and made 170 million and then, as I said, Booksmart was like six million to twenty-five. So you have marketing, obviously, within that to be figured out. But Booksmart made like four times its budget, and Super Bad made like eight plus times its budget. Now it's not all one to one. You can't say because this movie succeeded to this degree, this other one should. But mm-hmm, totally, I would argue this is the better film, <laughs> and I, I think that you know it's it's. I could have easily seen this movie doing that budget or do it, doing that money. Um, and with the lower budget that it had, it, it would have even, it would have been even more successful if it had approached somewhere along that height. Um, but anyway, it's just unfortunate. Like I said, that's why I picked this because I was pretty much blown away by how good it was. And I don't think it got the do when it came out. So you should all see it. Do it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, which leads us to, which I think is going to be very obvious. Would you recommend Booksmart? 100%. Yes. yes. Every, every day of the week. <laughs> I mean, with caveats, I would. Uh, few caveats. But it's just like, if this is your type of movie, if you're into comedy, if you're into witty dialogue, and uh, some people really can't stand when it feels like um, ad-lib dialogue. Mm. And I think this almost does, but not quite. But if it's like, if it's something you hate, then you might not enjoy this movie, but it's like, you should, it's, it's very good. This is an excellent movie. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I've been pretty clear throughout. I think it's fantastic. So I would definitely recommend uh, as for, can you find this? I didn't even bother to look it up because this movie is way more famous. I mean, it's, it's not famous enough, but it's way more famous than most of the obscure stuff we've done. So I'm sure this can be found on like virtually any streaming service. Uh, Jess, you watched it on something, right? On Hulu. Okay. Yeah, it's streaming so on Hulu, Hulu, I'm sure it's on YouTube, Amazon prime, all kinds of other places, wherever you can download, uh, you know, streaming files and that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm sure it's out there, and then it's widely available on DVD and Blu-ray. So check it out. All right, so that is Booksmart, and we will be back next time with a very different kind of movie. Fabs will be rejoining us here. We'll be looking at the 1990s film Mom and Dad Save the World. So (laughs) tune in for that bizarro watch. See ya.